Sirius XM Patriot presents Illegal Immigration Nation, a David Webb Show special. We have a little under a million that we know of that have crossed our southern border this year alone. Join David Webb as he talks with officials and pundits at the federal and state level to analyze and search for solutions for the ongoing crisis at the border. The biggest issue we have, other than China and other than countries that are invading this country through cybersecurity and other things, is the border. And now, Illegal Immigration Nation with David Webb. There's one group we can't forget in all of this. There are sadly too many to choose from, and those are the victims of illegal alien criminals. Whether it's a robbery, tragically a rape, fatally a murder, or any sort of crime, even the theft of an identity, illegal alien crime has affected millions of Americans and will continue to grow as a problem. The victims of illegal alien crime need a voice, not the occasional story on news media. The actions of the Biden administration make it clear that they do not care for the victims of illegal alien criminals. In one example, they've canceled the office put in place by former President Trump for the victims of illegal alien crimes. Illegal alien victims are no longer being given a voice in ICE deportation rules. Those have been changed. And what are the options for the victims of those crimes? So the shift in the focus of this issue is to shift from the victims of illegal alien criminals to the illegal aliens themselves. That is a remarkable shift when Americans are placed at the bottom of the list or victims even of illegal aliens that may themselves be illegal aliens, are put next on the list below the interests of the illegal alien criminal. And you would find that shocking, but it is true. Chris Chmielinski, Numbers USA Deputy Director, joins me now. Chris, good morning. Good morning. Chris, we have to be blunt about this. We have to be clear about the policy, the changes, the actions. What I have outlined is not some conspiracy. These are actions being taken by this administration, changes in rules. Illegal aliens are committing crimes. I don't want to get into the the debate that they often draw us into, which you and I don't get into, about, well, most are not doing this, because that's not the issue. Criminal illegal aliens are robbing, raping, murdering, stealing identities, every other form of crime in between. And something needs to be done about it. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. And the point that you you hit on in, in, in the segment intro about the Biden administration eliminating the Voices Office, which is for the victims of illegal alien crimes, 
I, I mean, what's the, there's no reason for getting rid of that office. It was barely talked about. It doesn't receive a, a, a ton of funding. All, they didn't have to publicize the fact that it, 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 assist, it, it existed. All it needed to do was it, it um, you know, supplied some, some resources to the victims of illegal alien crimes. So it's really not that big of a deal. So it's the message that it sends by eliminating it. And, and one, one thing that I want to touch on, you know, we're in the midst of, of uh, the, the biggest border surge that we've had in 20 years, and, and it continues. I don't see it ending anytime soon. And originally, this border surge was about unaccompanied alien children, but the numbers have shifted. And last month, it was heavily dominated by single adult males. And that's where you start to see more of a mixture of, of gang members and some illegal activity and some bad, some bad actors coming across the border then. And, and, and this report that you know, representatives from 150 different countries are crossing the southern border. So it, sh- it should be really concerning. I mean, at first it was mostly, well, it wasn't mostly, but it was uh, significantly skewed towards family units and unaccompanied children. But again, as the administration has dealt with that aspect of it, it's shifted more towards the single adult males recently. When you, you know, do your best to assess, and I don't think anyone can truly assess every uh, illegal alien within that group, you know, the single adult males, but when you do your best to assess them, what are the percentages based on arrests, prosecutions that we know of when it comes to criminal activity? Well, unfortunately, the federal government keeps the, the only measure that we have from the federal government is really how many how many foreign citizens, non-U.S. citizens are with 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 illegal status are, are in the federal prisons. A lot of states don't keep that statistic. So in the local and, and, and in smaller level prisons, we don't know that number. Um, and, and another thing is we don't know exactly we can't even get our government to tell us how many illegal aliens are living in the country. So I'm sure the percentage is, is pretty, pretty is very small, but as you said, that's not the debate to have that. Oh, it's only a few bad apples, but if you've got 170,000 apprehensions in a month, which is what we've had over the last three months, you know, even if, even if 17 of them, which is a very tiny percentage of the 170,000, even if 17 of them, are violent criminals that's 17 too many that that should be entering in the country so um you know it's not so much the percentage but it's it's just again it's the number of folks that are coming in you're gonna get you're gonna get some bad apples you know when you look at the effects of this the costs also come into play and whether right. it's 17 or whatever number uh, there is a cost in the pro- in the resources used, right? Uh, police, law enforcement at any level, state or federal, uh, the prosecutorial process, the judicial process, and then the housing of an illegal alien. It, when we see the growing numbers, not only the effect on the victim, obviously, you know, the victim pays a price sometimes for life or with their life, but we continue to pay a cost. And, you know, the policies that foster and openly promote this open borders policy literally have a cost to the to the United States, to the citizens, to all of us. 
Is there a legal case, you think, here, Chris, to to bring some action against this administration? The state attorney generals are doing their part, but organizations like yours and others that represent the the issue, is there a case? Is, is there is harm being done to the American citizen? Yeah, and and always the hardest part in 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 bringing up some sort of a class action lawsuit um, brought by taxpayers um, is is trying to get standing in the courts. Um, as we've seen over the years, we go all the way back to 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 about 20-something years ago where there was a a decision by the Supreme Court that said that local communities had to provide an education for illegal alien children that are living in the country. Um, They didn't say that that, that local state and local communities are required to – well, they did say that state and local communities are required to, but they didn't say that's because the law requires you to educate these children. It says it because the the states that push – Push the issue couldn't demonstrate that it actually created a burden on its taxpayers. So that's that's something that would have to that's something that would have to happen in order to gain standing in these lawsuits. And and that's going to be that'll be the hardest part is you have to demonstrate. Yeah, there's actually a cost to the taxpayer, a significant cost to the taxpayer, and our taxes would be lower, and our schools would be less crowded, and our hospitals would be less crowded um, if if we weren't allowing all these people in. In illegally, so that's going to be the hardest part of it. But it is it's, it's it's billions of dollars that are spent, taxpayer dollars that are being spent to to care for uh, illegal aliens and provide social um, social welfare services to them for the services that they are eligible to receive. And yeah, they're paying into the system in the in the in the in the form of of sales tax and lottery tickets and things like that. But they're not paying enough into the system to cover the overall costs for the larger group. And now we know that folks that are getting let in at the border, even though they crossed illegally, we're using taxpayer dollars to fly them all across the country. So there's a, there's a huge toll on taxpayers um, in comparison to defense and other areas. It's not, it's not as significant, but it's still there. There's still, there's still a burden on, on us taxpayers. And again, they would just have to be documented by the States. That's, that's basically the basis that Texas used when it sued the federal government for the DACA and DAPA programs was that this is going to cost our taxpayers money. So there's a direct impact on our states and the judge down in Texas, the federal judge down in Texas found that, yeah, Texas has standing. They, they proved that there was a direct impact on taxpayers of their state. Yeah. Look, just from the education point, if taxpayer dollars go to fund public education or for that matter, any form of education, and that system is forced to educate. I mean, seems simple to me, but never simple in our court system, as you and I know, Chris. Let's talk about something else. In the past, you and I have talked about, and we continue to talk about resources that are being used, whether it's healthcare, education, uh, water is a resource. As populations increase in these uh, cities, electricity is a resource. And we often don't think in those terms, but the effect of a population on the lower rungs of the income ladder that are being subsidized in some way by local programs or any form of taxpayer-funded program who then draw on the resources for the community. If that continues to grow 
electric grid, water supply, water processing, things that are not sexy for the headlines to talk about, but they are a very real and could become an even greater problem for these states. California has water problems. Right now, they're looking at shutting down a plant to provide uh, electricity because the water level in a reservoir is too low. These are real-world problems. Uh, you know, are some states taking attention to this, doing something about it? Yeah, you look at, you, you mentioned California. Not only do they have a shortage of water, and remember, this is a state that grows, the Central Valley grows a significant amount of the produce products that are consumed here in the United States. They've got a water issue, but they've also got an energy shortage, so they're dealing with rolling blackouts uh, during some of the summer months. Um, Arizona, we're seeing more and more stories about water shortages in Arizona, and and their water supply can't keep up with a growing population, in part due to, to driven by by mass migration um, from from outside of the country into the state of Arizona. So. You know, they're having trouble. So you're right. These these aren't sexy issues, but they're real issues. I live here on the East Coast. You know, we take water for granted. There's water all over the place. It's raining today in the, in the D.C. area. You know, we've got lakes, rivers, uh, reservoirs all over the place. And a lot of times they're overflowing at times. So, you know, we take it for granted. But there are there, there's a significant portion population of the portion of the population here in the United States that lives in a drier more desert-like climate, and, and they're going to have some water issues. People don't consider, because most of our expansion in this country is driven by immigration, they don't link immigration to some of these resource issues. But there's there's definitely a direct link, and, and you talk about more of the lower rungs. Immigration absolutely impacts uh, lower-wage workers the most, because we're usually bringing in High school educated at best folks are coming in through the immigration system and are competing directly with with Americans who have a high school education or less. So for some of those more lower wage type jobs. Um, So they're the ones facing the most competition, but they also rely on on the government for, as you mentioned, for, uh, you know, supplements for energy and for 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 their utilities, overall utilities. And, you know, when you start to overwhelm the lower wage rungs with with more and more people who need to rely on this. Plus, we're overwhelming the resources that we currently have. It's going to create some some big time future issues. And unfortunately, nobody's really talking about this other than other than folks like yourself. Well, more people really need to pay attention because I think there's a part where some in this country think it doesn't affect me. You know, I don't live in right. that state. I don't live in this area, and they couldn't—they couldn't be more wrong. Uh, you know, when you look at the issues of quality of life, something that uh, your organization also focuses on uh, at Numbers USA, quality of life matters. And as we begin to degrade our resources, to use them up, to have an imbalance, even uh, quality of life will go down. And I, I, I don't know if people really understand this because they're typically used to the headline, the numbers, the number of interdictions, the number seized in a fentanyl bust, uh, how many people were rescued from sex trafficking. Uh, but, uh, you know, Chris, I wonder if the American people are starting to look closer at how this, this either does affect them now or could affect them. 
yeah, yeah. I think it, I think it does. And again, in in a region like in, in a region where I live, Northern Virginia, you know, you go thirty, forty miles out, and that's still the suburbs. I mean, that you talk about quality of life. You know, some of some of these smaller communities that are worse that are used to not dealing with overcrowded schools and 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 massive traffic jams and things like that. You know, they're not used to that. But when we keep on adding a million plus people into the country every single year through our through our legal immigration system and policies and 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 then they bring in their they they can sponsor their family members through through our our immigration system. Plus, we're allowing over 100,000 people to cross the border illegally every single month and allow them to stay until they 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 have their hearing before a judge. Uh, you know, it adds to the number of folks and it, it starts to overwhelm communities. And, and you certainly see it in some of the big cities, certainly all of the cities out in out in California. You're starting to see it in the Texas cities and the Arizona cities and Florida um, and 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 definitely the, the northeastern corridor from Boston down to D.C. Um, but as that starts to spread across the rest of the country, you know, there's the saying that, Every every town, every state is a border state, whether it's 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 on the border or not. But but as immigration starts to impact places like Omaha, Nebraska, I think you are going to start to see a little bit more awareness from from voters across the country. Well, I hope so. You know, your numbers, USA and by the numbers, some 22 million jobless Americans, number of illegal aliens in the workforce an estimated eight million number of jobs out there that need filling at all levels, 8 million numbers. Right. Matter. Right. Yeah. Chris Chmielinski, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Numbers USA deputy director, by the way, is title. You can go to numbersusa.org. A lot of good information there. I'll be right back. <laughs> 